Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy uh, Tuesday. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad everybody could join us. And, uh, you know, we are broadcasting everywhere, not just on the KSHP AM dial. Of course, we're broadcasting live on our YouTube page, which is PTL Vegas. We're all over the place. On my Twitter page, Pushing Limits LV. We're broadcasting live as I speak right now on TikTok. So we're everywhere, man, broadcasting live. And uh, so glad you can join us. Uh, we got some special guests joining me this week, some special fill-in co-host. Uh, it's going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, so we got some, because uh, I am looking for a permanent co-host, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I am looking for a permanent co-host of this radio show to be my partner in crime. And uh, I guess you could call it tryouts. We're having some tryouts starting tomorrow. Uh, I actually had someone that uh, canceled today, but so it's all good because I got people tomorrow, Thursday, Tuesday. So we got all sorts of different hosts. So we got a lot to get to today. So what are we going to be talking about today on Pushing the Limits? Well, here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be starting off with uh, this Dominion voting machine, $1 billion lawsuit against Fox News. It just gets better and better. More information coming out. Uh, they're going to be losing a lot of money. And uh, Daniel Lippman from Politico is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes to be talking about that. The attacks against Fetterman in Pennsylvania are getting worse and worse. The right-wing attacks. As you know, Fetterman uh, checked himself into a facility, and he basically suffering from depression, right? He's suffering from depression, and he checks himself into a facility, and there are a lot of Republicans out there that are attacking him for doing so. And, and most people out there think it's a great thing that he made it public and that... So we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, one of the best poker players on the planet is Daniel Negreanu, and uh, he's going to be joining us in hour number two. We're going to talk a little poker with him. But to get things going, I always love having this guy on. He's a great reporter for Politico. Um, and uh, let's go right to it. Let's get to uh, Daniel Lippman uh, from Politico joining us right now on the line to talk a little bit and make sense of this Fox News uh, Dominion lawsuit. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Um, I guess my first question is this. Are you surprised, even under oath, that the man himself who's running Fox News, it, it appears as though he actually told the truth, even though he was under oath. Does that surprise you at all? Well, when you're under oath, you say sometimes things that are different from what you say on air. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> right. You care a little bit more about truth-telling and accuracy, and so that appears to be the case here, where you have uh, the Fox News executives uh, talk about um, how they knew that Trump had not lost the election, that the election had not been stolen. And so it's kind of crazy. Two and a half years later, we're still discussing this. Uh, and it's still an open question among tens of millions of Trump voters, although hopefully fewer in numbers uh, as time goes on, about this question about the legitimacy of the election. Right. I mean, you know, when you look at these hosts, right, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but collectively, for the most part, all of them knew that Trump's attorneys, Giuliani, and others were, were full of crap. Yet they still had these guests come on their show without challenging them at all. I mean, can you actually not just sue Fox News, but go after these hosts for spreading misinformation as well? Because my understanding, this is just a lawsuit for Fox News, the network. You can't go after these hosts. Is that true? What's the deal there? 
I'm not 100% certain exactly if you can or can't go after the ho- actual host, but I think it's kind of a, as a general rule, when I ever go, when I go on TV or, or radio, do radio interviews, um, I try not to say things that are inaccurate, that are uh, defamatory, that are false. Uh, and, you know, for, for both because I respect listeners and viewers that I think that they should have the truth, but also if I start attacking someone as, you know, a child rapist without any evidence that that's actually true, right. then, uh, that would, that opens me up to personal legal liability potentially. And even if, oh, you're saying something that's, you know, uh, it's a free country, you know, we can say whatever we want, but I'd. I just, you know, I think those people probably should be careful in terms of what they say for their own, for their, at least their kids, uh, childhood, uh, you know, trust funds. If for most of these people, I'm sure they have trust funds. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no question about that. Uh, if you're just joining us again, a uh, great reporter uh, from Politico uh, talking about this lawsuit, uh, Fox News, Dominion Voting Machines, Daniel Littman with Politico joining us. So what does this mean moving forward? I mean, do, do you feel, Daniel, that Fox News might think twice before they spread propaganda, misinformation, because we know what happened with COVID, all the misinformation and the attacks on Dr. Fauci when it came to COVID. And, you know, Donald Trump saying the 2020 election was stolen even after the January 6th insurrection. Trump's nutty lawyers making daily appearances on Fox News. And now we're learning that all these hosts for the you know for the most part knew that it was all bs i mean do you think this will change anything over there at fox news i guess that's my question uh i think that they'll be they'll think twice before uh this happens again in terms of whether they're going to be spreading uh false information um but i also think that uh with trump's challenge of the results that was a pretty unique uh situation and you just don't see that very often and so uh, I think the, because of this extreme loyalty of many Republicans to Trump, you're not going to see that with DeSantis. So if DeSantis wins uh, election in 2024 and then loses in 2028, I don't think he's going to be able to get millions and millions uh, of people believing lies about whether he won or lost. And so and you're not going to see these news channels that are afraid of the their viewers uh, spread that information and so or that false information. And so I, I think... This was kind of a one-off, just like almost everything in the Trump presidency was pretty unprecedented, but that still doesn't uh, absolve Fox News and any other media outlets uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, from what they did. It's interesting, Daniel, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, Fox News is still beating CNN, MSNBC. And when people ask me about this, I, and Tucker Carlson, I think, still has the highest rated cable news show out there. People ask me about this, and I think, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think most people out there sometimes don't even care. They just want to be entertained. Maybe they don't even want the facts. They don't want the real hard news like us. I mean, you're a reporter. I have a reporter background. We want the facts. People like us do. But it seems like a lot of people out there just want to be entertained, even if they're given misinformation. uh, Do you agree with that? I think a lot of people, both on the right and the left, they want information in their news to comport with their worldviews. And so for Conservatives, they want to be told, oh, everything you know uh, and believe uh, is accurate, and here's more. Here's daily evidence of uh, what uh, stuff to back up those views. And for many liberals, they want to hear, oh, 
you know, those crazy Republicans and Biden's doing a great job not getting enough credit and inflation isn't a big, uh, a big enough issue, um, or is too big of an issue. And so I think that is a lot of people are in their partisan media ecosystems. And so that's a problem for society that uh, I think we should have to deal with. Uh, and I always encourage people to listen to both sides and to people who are nonpartisan and read uh, pu- publications like my my, uh, my own, mm-hmm. because we're not in the, and of course we have opinion uh, articles, but those are clearly labeled and you don't have to read them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are, me and my colleagues, or my colleagues and I are in it to expose the truth, no matter who it hurts and who it helps. And so that's kind of why I went into journalism. I didn't be- I didn't go into journalism to become an activist, and that's not what I do right now. You know, it's interesting, Daniel, because, you know, people out there get the misconception that the Sean Hannity's, the Tucker Carlson's, Laura Ingram's are actual journalists. And even I I even think they would even admit that they're not. I'm not even a journalist, right? You are. I'm an opinionated talk show host, and I don't think people really understand the definition of what a journalist is, right? And, And, you know, people will listen to Tucker Carlson and will take what he says as factual, at least some people will, a good portion of the people that watch his show will. Do you find that to be a little bit dangerous? Because I do, whether it comes to medical misinformation or, you know, election integrity, whatever the case may be, I find it dangerous that there are so many people out there that will watch Tucker Carlson every night, uh, whether with his pro-Putin uh, Russia stances. Uh, I think it's dangerous. What do you say? No, I think uh, people should... Uh, be discerning viewers and discerning readers, and they shouldn't go to opinionated hosts and expect that uh, it's going to be nonpartisan, uh, just fact-based journalism, that, of course, uh, sometimes these segments break news. And remember, when uh, uh, you had Tulsi Gabbard, on, who was guest hosting for Tucker a few months ago, and she interviewed George Santos, I think the first TV interview, she did a great job. She totally grilled him. It was, that was journalism. That was not, uh, but she wasn't really stating her, um, you know, opinions very often, except she was challenging him and say, Hey, how, you know, why did you, uh, mislead the American public and your district when you were trying to become a congressman, which you became a congressman and and the U.S. is paying uh, US, our taxpayer dollars are paying uh, George Santos's salary right now. Right. And so, but I think those are more rare cases with these types of shows and that many of them are, are, uh, they're spreading a point of view. Uh, and they are, you know, Tucker Carlson, I would say is probably the most, um, he and Ron, Ron DeSantis are the most powerful conservatives in America these days. Um, but they have a definite point of view. And if you ask Tucker, I don't think he would say he's a, nonpartisan journalist. No, he has his opinion. Yeah, and if you asked his bosses, Daniel, they'd also say that he's just entertainment. If you remember that lawsuit in court documents, is Tucker's own uh, bosses and executives said that, well, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt because he's an entertainer. Uh, so, I mean, you know, uh, to me, it speaks what I've been talking about when it comes to a lot of people at Fox News from the get-go, which is they don't care about facts. They don't care about good journalism. They will spread pop propaganda and lies so long as it equals ratings, which equal money. Right. Yeah, and especially these shows sometimes get uh, get into issues with their advertisers, and so they have to uh, deal with those things that pop up. But uh, these are popular among viewers. But we should remember that the majority of Americans don't watch Fox News. This is 
you know, we're talking a couple million people a night. We have a country of 330 million Americans. And so I don't think we should mistake these uh, shows as being the, and just because they're the most popular uh, talk show hosts or, you know, uh, news shows, um, and I would struggle to say news sometimes, <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't, it's not the majority of Americans or even a small, it's a very small minority. That's like 3 million Americans. I don't know exactly how many people watch Tucker, uh, but maybe 3 or 4 million Americans. And that's 1% of Americans. Right. And so we're not talking about, hey, he's, what he is not, it's not like Walter Cronkite where it's, you know, 70 million Americans or, you know, the Hunt Brinkley report in back in the 60s, the uh, NBC Nightly News. This is a much more niche product. Yeah. No, listen, man, I, I'm with you 100%. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I want to hear from the other side, but I think it's really hard these days to hear an honest opinion from the other side uh, without facts to back up those opinions. And I think that's what makes it dangerous. Daniel, it is always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, keep up the great work over Thank there you. at Political. Love reading your articles. And uh, we'll have you on Thanks again so soon, much. my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate that. Uh, Daniel Lippman, great reporter at Political. I really like Politico. I really like political for a lot of different reasons. I think they're very fair. They go after Democrats and Republicans. So listen, there are people that are saying, you know, CNN's also ridiculous and MSNBC's also ridiculous. Listen, let, let's just let's just let's just dissect this, all right? Let's talk about this. The main hosts at Fox News, some of the most watched cable news shows in the country, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, to name a few. They spread propaganda and misinformation every night. But here's what makes it worse. They're no better than Alex Jones because they know they're spreading BS. They know they're spreading lies. Sean Hannity himself, knew, he called bat you-know-what crazy Donald Trump's views on the 2020 election. They knew it was a lie. Yet those at Fox News continued to spread those lies. Why? Because they knew it's what their audience wanted. And even though they're hurting the country with misinformation about the 2020 election, they continued to spread those lies and they attacked certain companies like Dominion Voting Machines. By the way, zero evidence to prove that any of these Dominion Voting Machines were, you know, you know, in the bag for Joe Biden and Democrats, right? Never been proven. That was a, a baseless lie that these hosts pushed. And by the way, it wasn't just Fox News. It was also Newsmax and OAN. And all of a sudden, Newsmax had to retract and put out an apology because they knew they were lying. Just like Donald Trump. What Fox News did is just like Donald Trump. Let me explain why. And it gets me angry. Donald Trump knows, and he's always known, he lost the 2020 election. Let me explain. Back in 2016, when Donald Trump was running against Hillary Clinton, months before the election, Donald Trump said the elections are rigged. It's rigged for Democrats. It's rigged for Hillary Clinton. For months, we heard Donald Trump talk about that. And then what happened? Donald Trump won the 2016 election. Did you, ever, did you hear about election integrity or how elections were rigged in the months and years after Donald Trump won in 2016? No, of course not, because he won. But I guarantee you, if he lost in 2016, it would have been just like 2020, and we probably would have had an, an insurrection much earlier. 
So then what does Donald Trump do several months before the 2020 election? The same thing he did in 2016. Elections are rigged. They're fixed. Unless he wins, right? Unless Republicans win. Then all of a sudden it's not fixed. Fox News did the exact same thing. They knew that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. But they spread the same lies that Donald Trump spread. You know what's worse than somebody who is really dumb and ignorant? Because there is a percentage of society out there, in this case Republicans, that are very ignorant people. They're, 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 they think the earth is flat because they think Trump still won the 2020 election. Now, there, there are a percentage of Republicans that actually do believe that. You're not going to convince them otherwise. They're not very intelligent people, right? There's always going to be a percentage. But what's worse than that, because you can't fix stupid, right? But what's worse than that are the people that know. Donald Trump, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, to name a few. These people know that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election, but they willingly lie on the air. They willingly, on the air, spread false information and lies. It's an attack on our democracy. And you say, well, Brian, it's not really going to hurt anybody. Well, ask the people who were injured or killed on January 6th if it hurt them. Ask their families. Because when you attack our, on our democracy based on baseless lies, this is what you get. You get things like January 6th. You get violence. And people don't have faith in our democracy and in our voting systems across the country. When you have people like Kerry Lake, who's another nut job, who clearly lost the election, who refuses to admit that she lost, I really believe the overwhelming majority of people in this country are kind of tired of this, even Republicans. Many of them probably won't say it publicly, but they're tired of the nonsense and the notions that of election integrity and Trump won the election and Kerry Lake won and the Democrats cheated. I think a lot of Republicans are tired of it. And I think the intelligent ones, hard to find these days, but I think some of the intelligent ones are saying, hey, listen, we got to change our message. We got to stop talking about abortion. We got to stop talking about election integrity. Let's talk about the real issues. Let's talk about gas prices. Let's talk about the economy. Let's talk about the war in the Ukraine. Let's talk about you know, healthcare. The smart Republicans out there are trying to do that, but the people within the Republican Party on the far right, like the Marjorie Taylor Greens, like the Lauren Boberts and the Jim Jordans and the Donald Trumps and the Ron DeSantis's, I'll even throw him in there. Those people are not allowing it to happen. So the Republican Party's in a peculiar situation here. As far as right-wing media goes, I don't think Fox News is going to be changing much. They're going to continue the propaganda. Tucker Carlson is going to continue the pro-Putin propaganda network. I don't know why so many of those on the far right and those on Fox News want Vladimir Putin and Russia to win. I can't really understand that one at all. But this is a big deal. This lawsuit with Dominion and Fox News is a big deal. It's a $1 billion lawsuit. Do I think that Fox News is going to have to fork up $1 billion? Probably not. But I believe there's going to be a settlement here. And I believe Fox News wants to end this as soon as possible. Uh, You know, the bottom line here is that Murdoch conceded in a deposition in testimony under oath that Fox News personalities endorsed the false claims that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. And it further quotes Murdoch as saying that he could have stopped Fox News from continuing to bring former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani in air to lie about Dominions. But he said, quote, I didn't, but I didn't. He's basically saying, I knew it was all crap, 
but I allowed it to happen on my network. I didn't care because all I cared about was ratings and all I cared about is money. Again, I don't think Dominion's going to be getting a billion dollars, but there is going to be a settlement. There's probably going to be some sort of settlement. Uh, they're going to come to an agreement outside the courtroom and Fox News is going to have to cough up a lot of money. That's what I think is going to happen here. That's what I think is going to happen here. Now, you are entitled to your own fa- uh, opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Example, if Donald Trump holds a campaign rally and he says Dominion voting machines are why he lost the 2020 election, you could report on that. You can quote Donald Trump and you could talk about it, but you yourself can't go on the air knowing that it's BS and it's a lie. You can't go on the air and say it because you can get sued because it's false. That's not an opinion. It is not an opinion if you say that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. It's like saying the earth is flat. That's not an opinion. It's false. It is not an opinion if you say that Democrats created COVID or Dr. Fauci created COVID. That's not an opinion. That's a lie. It is not an opinion if you say that millions of people have died from the vaccine. That is not an opinion. That is a lie. An opinion is Donald Trump was the best president in our history. Okay, give me some I'll disagree with you, but tell me why. That's an opinion. Joe Biden is the worst president of all time. Okay, that's an opinion. Tell me why. Why do you feel that way? What policies do you dislike when it comes to the Biden administration? There are differences between opinions and facts. As I said before, you're entitled to your own opinions. You're not entitled to your own facts. Those of you that watch Fox News were played. You were all played like a fiddle. And you continue to be played with the lies about the 2020 election. The hosts that you watch, that you love so dearly, like like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, those that you love so dearly, they knew that they were lying to you and they continued to spread the lies on their shows. Knowing, knowing that they were lying to all of you. You want to talk, it's interesting because Donald Trump created the phrase fake news. Go ahead and give me an example of one of the top shows or top anchors on CNN that intentionally lied to you that could harm people. I'm sure there's probably a few, right? I'm sure there's probably a few. I mean, Chris Cuomo isn't at CNN anymore, and he wasn't exactly forthcoming when it came to his brother, and they fired him. You think anybody at Fox News is going to be fired? I mean, Don Lemon can make a statement about Nikki Haley not being in her prime, and and all of a sudden it creates the biggest uproar in the world. Where are all you right-wingers out there and all you Republicans when it comes to this lawsuit with Murdoch and Fox News? Where's the outrage? All of you go nuts when Don Lemon says that, you know, Nikki Haley's not in her prime. But when it comes to this story, you don't seem to have a problem with it. Is Donald Trump going to call Fox News fake news? Are Republicans out there and far righties out there going to call Fox News fake news? I call it Fox noise. But this is a danger to the country. I mean, I'll open up the phone lines on this because maybe some of you disagree with me out there. Maybe you do. Maybe some of you out there think that, you know, that that Fox News was in the right and it's freedom of speech. I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me and you think that Fox News didn't do anything wrong and they're entitled to their opinions and it's freedom of speech and they can say whatever they want, even if it's a lie about Dominion voting machines. I'm going to open up the phone lines right now and I want to get your opinion on this. 702-221-7283. 
Again, the number to call 702-221-7283. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back here in a few minutes. We'll take a quick break and we'll open up the phone lines. And again, that phone number, if you want to be a part of the show, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes. 702-221-7283. We'll take your calls on the other side. I'm going to get to Fetterman as well. Uh, it sounds like he's doing much better out there in Pennsylvania. We'll get to that story. We got Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu, that's going to be joining us on the show a little bit later. But right now, we're talking about Fox News, fake news, Dominion voting machines, this lawsuit. Does it mean, will it change the media? Will it change anything? Will it change the way Fox News reports on the news? Will it change the way Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram do things? 702 221 7283 is the number to call. We'll take some phone calls on the other side. We'll be back here in two minutes. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Mosfel. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moscow representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. A great time! Your entertainment destination, the South Point, invites you to experience the ultimate great time under one roof. Bowling, 
dancing, a live show, a movie, delicious dining, and one of South Point's 11 restaurants. So much to see. So much to do. You won't know where to start first. This week, make it a South Point week and discover for yourself why the South Point is your entertainment destination for a great time. Simple Subs is an innovative concept in sub sandwiches. They've created a hybrid in subs by combining the taste of classic New York Italian flavors using homemade recipes with the Las Vegas twist of including great sub names and zesty profiles for each menu item. And they're not just subs. Simple has soups and salads, snack appetizers, and desserts. Simple Subs is located at 5135 South Fort Apache on the southwest corner of Reno Avenue. Call them at 702-998-2555 and check them out at SinfulSubs.com. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glaze Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glaze Donuts. Located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram, where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. Experience the Artisan Hotel's theme suites, restaurant, bar, pool, and complimentary valet. During the week, the Artisan is a quiet Las Vegas retreat that's great for travelers and locals. The weekend is all about nonstop partying and the award-winning Artisan nightlife. All rooms include free gym access and Wi-Fi. The Artisan Hotel is centrally located between the Strip and downtown Las Vegas. Book your stay at artisanhotel.com. The Artisan Hotel, your unique Las Vegas boutique hotel. All right. Welcome back. It is uh, Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Yes, that is the day. We're talking about Fox News, the way they handle news, this Dominion voting lawsuit. We're talking about that. And uh, we're taking your phone calls at 702-221-7283. By the way, apologies for the audio issues we're having uh, on YouTube uh, and uh, Twitter. I've gotten a few people messaging me. This happens from time to time. We are working on it as we speak, but we are live on TikTok. We are, of course, live on KSHP Radio on the dial. If you're listening in your car at home, you can also stream it there as well at KSHP.com. And we're going to be taking your phone calls right now at 702-221-7283. All right. Why don't we get right to those phone calls? And why don't we start off with Jerry? I believe Jerry is first up in queue. Jerry, thank you for calling into the program. Uh, what's on your mind, my friend? Thanks for calling in. Oh, no problem, no problem. Uh, I just wanted to touch in on, on some of your topics, although I do agree with some of the things that you're saying. I, I do have to <clears throat> just just give your, your listeners a reminder to keep, you know, to keep it on a level playing field. Fox News and Dominion, they were wrong. They, they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and they got caught. And they're going to ultimately pay the price for that. Do you agree? Well, I hope they do. Sure. I, I think they're going to pay a penalty financially. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. So I'd like to remind you of the CNN story. Same kind of concept, not really. You know, a little bit different, kind of same thing in nature with the Nicholas Sandman. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I, I disagree with your premise. Tell me why you think CNN was wrong. Well, they, they, they discriminated against a young man with, without doing their due diligence. Of, How did they of, discriminate you know, against him? What did they say that was discrimination? 
Well, that's not for me to say. That's very you can well, look that up well, yourself. They settled you just, a very hefty lawsuit because but of sir, that. But sir, sir, you just up, I so. can spe- and you can as well, right? Specifically say what Fox News did was wrong. They intentionally lied about the 2020 election and they allowed their host to lie about it. When it came to Nicholas Sandman, He's not innocent in all this. He was standing there with this stupid smirk on his face. That's not de-escalation. Now, if somebody goes on the air and says he's a white supremacist or he wanted to harm or kill people, uh, then that's different. There were people like me, as far as the Nicholas Sandman thing, that said he was standing there with a stupid smirk on his face. Uh, He's not innocent in all that. But but, but tell me, because I want to give you an opportunity. I completely and wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. Standing with a smirk on your face is not against the law, nor is it illegal. I didn't that's say it was against the law. I said he, he didn't Well, I, I, I don't know if, if he's there to de-escalate or whatever. Did anybody get physically harmed? How was he harmed? He's doing just uh, well, fine. His, he's in college. He's going to get a good job. He's a hero when it comes to Republicans, which I don't really understand. He wasn't damaged. Well, he's a hero now because he was he was a part of that. CNN, I don't think he should know. be a hero. He was a, an idiot kid that was standing there with a smirk on his face, being a smartass. I, I don't think he's a hero. What the? Why would he be a hero? I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's a hero either. But as okay. far as courts are concerned, he's a hero. He okay, got well, paid, I disagree you know, with that. that, was and, that. Uh, and and that's fine. That's I don't fine. think if you can pinpoint to me what somebody, a paid employee at CNN, said about that kid. And you think it was damaging? That I'll hear you out on that. I, by the way, I'm not saying CNN's perfect; they make mistakes as well. But when it comes to the Nicholas Sandman case, I think the whole thing is a joke. Okay, he's standing there with this smirk on his face. And I, let me tell you something: if I'm in what I think is a dangerous situation, whether I'm 16 or 17 years old or 42, I don't stand there and smile at somebody. Okay, that's not going to make things any better. I walk away and I get away from that situation. So he's not innocent. And by the way, nobody was hurt. There was no physical violence. The Israelites were there. They're a bunch of fools. I get that. There was a guy playing, you know, his, I don't know, playing his bango or whatever uh, in his face. And Sandman is just standing there smiling. Uh, I don't see what the big deal is here. I really don't. Well, you're, you're, you're probably not saying what the, the, the whole problem with that one was. Is honestly, I don't know if that situation turns different if he didn't have a, a, a red hat on. All right. Well, we can agree to, to disagree on that. Um, and that's fine. But I don't think you can compare that situation to basically every host on Fox News intentionally oh, I'm lying not, I'm not. about the 2020 election. You you and I both know that, right? You seem like I a do, reasonable I do. guy. I agree with you there. Right? I agree with you there. And, I, and I'm, I'm in the middle. You know, if, okay. I had, if I had to pick, you know, if I had to lean which way, I'd lean more to the conservative side. You know, I'm a little bit of an older gen- gentleman. Sure. So. But, yeah, that, that's all I really wanted to touch in on. You know, yep. as far as the election itself in 2020, you know, that, that was – I don't believe there was any fraud. That, that, was, that was as good as it can be. Right. You know, Trump right. got his feelings hurt. He took, he took the wrong course of, of that, and that kind of just imploded yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. But sure. I just wanted to let your viewers know that, you know, for, to keep it all on a level playing field, this is Fox stories horrendous for the country. They lied. They got caught. They're right. going to pay the price for that. I but hear you, it my comes man. from both sides. Uh, Jerry, I appreciate your call, my man, and I hear you. You sound like a reasonable guy, and, I, and I'm glad you uh, called in, sir. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a good one. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Jerry. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. All right. Let's get to another caller. I believe we have David on uh, next, and if you're calling in, just sit tight. We'll get to your call as soon as we can. Hi, David. What's going on? David, are you there? Uh, I mean, if it's me, it's Jason. He, he couldn't hear me. Jason, I okay, I apologize. Out. We got your name wrong there. Jason, what's going on, man? That's okay. 
Yeah. Hey, it is, thanks for taking my call, and I really sure. enjoy your show. Thank I you. wanted to just kind of address the Fox News thing. I, I live in West Virginia. I'm surrounded by MAGA. Most of my Well, I feel really sorry for you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Most of my closest friends, I don't know if I would call them MAGA, but they're, they're not Democrats, right? So if it comes down to it, they're always going to try to find an excuse to not have to uh, to to lose face when there's some issue like this. And we were recently having a discussion about this very topic. And, and you can point out all of these things that, that are clear uh, wrongdoings from the right, Fox News, the media. And they'll just tell you, they, when, when you're sitting around, if you're drinking beers, gaming, whatever you're doing, they don't care. Like, they'll just come out. And just tell you, you know what? I don't care. The whataboutism. It they 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 know what is wrong. They know what Fox News did. They just don't care. And I'll get off here real quick. But if you remember back after nine eleven, Fox News used to run these alerts where it'd be like yellow alert, orange alert, red alert, and right. it was like sort of like a a terrorism warning that I we remember. should all be. Yeah, yeah, and it was all day long. The same people who now will scream about vaccines or scream about Fauci or the CDC, they're the ones who was taking those alerts seriously 20 years ago. Yeah, it's it it, it doesn't. There's no logic. They they just I fall agree. In Let line. me ask you a question, Jason, if I may. If you had an opportunity sure. to sit down and speak with Mr. Murdoch, who runs Fox News, especially after this story, what would you say to him? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I, I would I would ask him, is the money worth the division that he's putting this country through? I, I'm 48. I've never seen anything like it in my years. I, I just, I mean, he and his family has to be financially uh, stable enough that I guess what I'm saying is is enough enough. Like, where, where do you draw the line? Can yeah. you please just? you know, put on the brakes and, and, and give us a break, like yeah. come back towards the middle. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. There's so many things I'd like to say, but yeah, um, no, that's probably, I would probably have some stronger choice words for him, but you're a nicer man than I, <laughs> but uh, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm yeah. with you, my man. Uh, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, and uh, we are in agreement. I think we are on the right side here, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to call in and you call back anytime. Okay, sir. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate that. All right. 702-221-7283. I think Trevor's next. Uh, let's go to Trevor. Trevor, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind, man? Thanks for having me. I love the show. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. Uh, it's weighing really heavy. I totally agree with the last caller for the most part. This Fox News has really been divisive for our country. Something I, wa- I wanted to bring up, though, is I was on the USS Independence during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, aircraft carrier. And I recall two media outlets handling a lot. Now, of course, the big three did a lot. Dan Rather was flown on board the ship I was on to do some reporting. Mm -hmm. But back in those days, everybody watched CNN, and nobody had any issues with that. You know, they were doing upfront reporting. Yeah. Then as time went on... Fox News agenda was to step on CNN to climb to the top. 
And now people are so far down this rabbit hole thinking that CNN is this. Well, Trevor, I think I think Donald Trump is, has a lot to do with that. You know, Donald Trump was, if mm-hmm. you remember, and I think you'll agree with me, Donald Trump was the one that started this whole fake news nonsense. And then all of a sudden somebody sends pipe bombs to CNN. It's dangerous, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and these types of dangerous statements that are made, there are sadly in our society, there are some crazies out there. Some people are violent. And when you give them a reason to do something, sadly, some of them will do it. And, and you remember the guy that sent pipe bombs to CNN. He's behind bars right now. He had, he drove this van with all this right wing propaganda on his van and people could have been killed. And we forget about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. One one thing I'll say, I'll, I'll make a point, maybe throw it out there for a point of topic is, you know, people are, are fighting, trying to decide what team they should be on when, in my opinion, we're at the end stages of capitalism. And what that turns into is the poor versus the ultra wealthy. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I blame Republicans I blame for Republicans a lot of the uh, divisiveness. And a lot of the issues in this country that we face uh, when it comes to whether it be abortion or helping the poor. But the bottom line is this. Republicans and Democrats have to find a way to work together. Uh, they have to find a way to not do what's better for their party, do what's better for the country. And I, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. And that's what's frustrating. The two worst words in this country are Republican and Democrat because, again, too many people make decisions based on what's best for their party and not what's best for the country. And it's really sad. I'll give you a quick example before I let you go, Trevor. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, was saying that it was a bad thing that the Biden administration got three times more fentanyl seized at the border. Uh, uh, And I'm laughing at that because I'm saying to myself, isn't that a good thing? And yet Marjorie Taylor Greene is making it out to be a bad thing that border security agents have seized so much fentanyl. Isn't Does she want more fentanyl? Out there in this, it doesn't make any sense. McCarthy did the same thing. Instead of praising border security agents, she's attacking them. It makes no sense to me. Well, they they should, for one thing, have to pass some sort of IQ test to be able to represent the citizens of this country. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. Knows better. He's not McCarthy's not an idiot. He's just. Yeah, he's playing yeah. the game with them. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a complete clown. I think we can agree on that, Trevor. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I appreciate yeah. calling in, my friend. I really do. Good to hear Th- from you, okay? Thanks, friend. All right, take yeah, care. Yeah. Thanks. Number to call if you want to be a part of the show. Now's the time to do it. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, 702-221-SAVE. Even though I can't promise to save you, uh, I can save maybe some MAGAs. I can't save you money. But if you're a MAGA, I might be able to save you. Uh, maybe a one in a hundred chance. I might. You know, I don't know. 702-221-7283. Let's go to John. John is next up. What's going on, John? Hey, Brian. Well, well, well. (laughs) We've been saying for years now that Fox is full of crap, and now we've got incontrovertible, conclusive, demonstrable, beyond a reasonable doubt proof. And all you Fox morons, oh, my God, what are you going to – you're stuck. You're stuck, man. You've been listening. You've been worshiping at the altar of Fox News. And guess what? It's all a sham, man. They're frauds. It's a joke. The, the biggest takeaway that, that, I, that I really think needs to sink in is um, the, 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 the audience was demanding it. And if you remember after the election uh, and when Fox News called Arizona, uh, 
for for Biden. Your former co-host at the time, that deadbeat, that stiff, that bum, JD Sharp, was all upset the next day, and he went he he went on the radio. If memory serves, I'm pretty sure. I'm not certain that he was done with Fox and he was going to be an OAN guy and a Newsmax guy. Yeah, because there's so much that, better. Yeah, they're worse. I agree. And, and but but Fox was reacting. Their their ratings fell off a cliff the next day, and then that's when they said, "Uh oh, we're in trouble here." Our ratings are 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 are, are diminishing. Uh, as uh, a perfect example, being that stiff, that deadbeat, that bomb, JD Sharp went on the radio in Las Vegas and said, "I'm done with Fox." And so that's the moment in time when this fraud became real. It became a matter of survival to them. But here's the and thing, it, John. It, the- like as you know, in the media, everybody wants ratings because ratings equal money, and I get that. But it comes down to character and honesty. There are ways of getting ratings without lying on the radio. There are ways of being on the radio and being entertaining without lying for a living. And what Fox News does, and I'm not going to say every employee at Fox News does it. A lot do. A lot do. Uh, and, and when you're a propaganda network, and as, uh, as, as Jim Acosta says, and I, I love Jim Acosta, as he says, the BS Factory Network, and he's absolutely right. This is something that Fox News has been doing for decades, right? They finally got caught. But this is not something that just started, right? Not even under Trumpism. Fox News, I mean, even when Donald Trump was saying Obama wasn't born in this country, there were Fox News hosts out there that were endorsing that, right? I mean, when it came to Benghazi, there were people that were endorsing the fact that it was all Hillary Clinton's fault when there were eight investigations into Benghazi. You know, there's a guy that's on the radio now who replaced Rush Limbaugh. His name is Clay Travis, and he is just the worst human being ever. He went on the air during COVID and said that he thought that less than 100 people would die of COVID. Has he ever retracted? Has he ever apologized that statement? Absolutely not. There's a guy on the air here in Las Vegas who is just the worst human being you can imagine. His name is Wayne Allen Root. And he goes on the air every day claiming that millions of people have died of the vaccines. And again, these people that make statements like this have zero medical experience. Zero. Zero credibility. Yet their program directors and their general managers allow them to do this on the air every day. They are worse than the actual hosts because they allow this sort of stuff. It's exactly what Murdoch did for years. I believe they should be sued personally. I don't just think the company and the network should be sued, but I believe the people that enabled and still enable misinformation when it came to COVID, misinformation when it comes about the elections, they should be sued, not just the company, but personally, because there are damages to the American people. Yeah, they're liable. I mean, you're, you're, uh, everybody's uh, liable for their torts, and defamation is a tort. Hey, but you are stating what you – I do not disagree with one word you said. It is obvious that Fox News is a particular cancer that an Australian – uh, gave our country and it's tearing our country apart at the seams. The other part, there, it, it goes deeper than that though. It, it is the, the, the viewers of Fox. It is a fellowship of hate and fear. Turn on Fox News and, and set your stopwatch and count how long it takes you to get to a statement that's designed to incite fear or hate. 
It takes less than a minute every single time I've tried it. Yeah. So these people are our neighbors. They need to be called out. They, they do not need to be handled with kid gloves anymore. They are yeah. destroying the country. Let me ask they you a question, John. Called out. They need to be humiliated yeah. like that moron that called yesterday trying to do a whataboutism with the uh, Trump yeah. having to go to the basement in the insurrection. And that moron that called a few callers ago saying that CNN does it too. No. Yes, all media has problems. But nothing compares to what Fox did and continues to do on a daily basis. And if I turn on Fox right now, within a minute, I'm going to be sold some fear and hate. Well, I'll tell you, uh, John, it's always good to hear from you. And uh, and I don't disagree with anything you said either. It's it's uh, These are dangerous times and weird times we're living in. And uh, I wish people would actually watch real sources of news and not fake news like Fox News. Uh, John, have a good day, my friend. Appreciate hearing from you, okay? Great show, Brian. Thank you. Um, listen, people are entitled to believe what they want to believe, but as I always say, you're entitled to your own opinions. You're not entitled to your own facts. What Fox News has done, in this case with Dominion voting machines and Fox News, uh, it's an attack on our democracy, spreading lies, and sadly, there are some people... They claim to do their research, right? They always say, I do my research. What does that mean? You watch Tucker Carlson. You watch Sean Hannity. Boy, you really got great uh, sources for your research. It's a joke. They'll listen to voodoo doctors that believe women could get pregnant in the middle of their sleep, and all of a sudden they'll believe ivermectin is the cure for COVID. It's a joke. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Jorge. I believe Jorge is next on Pushing Limits. Hello, Jorge. How you doing, Brian? Good, man. What's on your mind, Jorge? Hey, uh, condolences, my friend. I haven't been able to call in, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's an angel over your uh, family. Thank you, Jorge. Um, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Absolutely. I lost my brother a few years ago um, to suicide, but still. Oh, um, geez, I'm so sorry awful. to hear that. All I can tell you is when I go after MAG, is it, it's therapy for me. There you go, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's called Fox News, right? There is no news uh, on it. You know, being in... Uh, been in media for over 26 years. There's these things called FCC licenses that uh, we're supposed to abide by, right? Mm-hmm. So if they were blatantly lying and not reporting the news accurately, then I think that's a violation of their FCC license. And even if they have to go straight opinion, which is fine, obviously, you know, all these uh, nut jobs like you were saying, and uh, I worked with a few of those back in uh, my English radio days, and I'm no longer there. Mm-hmm. But uh it's ridiculous. And then it came out that uh, Fox News actually showed the Trump campaign um, campaign um, advertisements of the Biden before, you know, before it was airing and everything like that. And then actually shared with them, I believe it was uh, strategy. And now, now, who does that as a, as a news network? Yeah. Journalism well, you know, is, Jorge, is here's the dead? thing, right? I agree with everything you said. Here, here's the thing, Jorge, right? After 5 p.m., on these networks, it's all opinion, right? Don Lemon's not a journalist. I know he's on in the mornings now. Uh, there are people that are on after 5 p.m., and, and CNN doesn't have the strong personalities that Fox News has. But Rachel Maddow, I wouldn't say that Rachel Maddow's a journalist, right? She's an opinionated talk show host, Correct. right? Um, after Correct. 5 p.m., t- you know, Laura Ingram, and, and as I mentioned, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, these are opinion. But that's not yeah. what bothers me. We can have our opinions. What bothers me is... Yeah. is Perfect example is this case with Dominion voting machines, right? They knew that what they're saying was BS. They knew it was a lie. And yet they continued to spread those lies knowingly. 
hurting a company like Dominion Voting Machines and basically telling the American people, in some cases, that the 2020 election was stolen when behind closed doors, Sean Hannity said he knew that Donald Trump was full of crap. That's the character of some of these people on Fox News. They have no character. It's all about ratings. It's all about trying to make money. And they spew lies on the air every single day. Can you find me a few instances on CNN where maybe somebody said something that wasn't true or said something that could have been harmful? You see, what they do is they apologize. Don Lemon apologized for what I thought was not even a big deal, talking about Nikki Haley. Have you ever heard Sean Hannity apologize? Have you ever heard Tucker Carlson apologize? You won't hear Murdoch apologize. Will he apologize? Has Laura Ingram ever apologized? Two weeks after Nipsey Hussle died, he wasn't even six feet under underneath the ground. Lauren Ingram probably never even knew who he was. And she does a segment attacking him for his lyrics. I mean, these people are despicable human beings. They really are. It is disgusting. And the worst part is, is that people are listening to it as if it is fact. They're consuming it at huge amounts. Their fire hoses worth of terrible, terrible information, disinformation, lies, and they're swallowing it up as truth and fact. And that is why we are where we are today in the United States. Amen, brother. Couldn't agree with you more. All all we can do is fight the fight, right? Call out the MAGAs out there that, uh, uh, you know, they don't want everybody to be treated as equals. They don't want a lot of these people don't want brown people coming into this country. A lot of these people don't want to help the poor. They don't want to give a woman the right to choose. They want to, you know, deport every undocumented person in this country. They want every single person owning 30 guns. They have no problems with AR-15s. They have no solutions to gun gun violence. They have no solutions to the health care issues in this country. They have no replacement plan to Obamacare. They don't know how to help you, but they just continue to spew their right-wing propaganda and talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Doesn't that say it all about where the Republican Party is today? They want to... They wanna... Just go ahead and create paranoia and confusion. They don't want intelligent people. They don't want people to form their own opinions. They want to just feed, feed, feed. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, shoving it down a goose's neck. (laughs) You don't give a crap about that goose. Unfortunately, uh, we're in agreement, my friend. And and I hope uh, to the good Republicans that are out there, I hope you can stand up to what is wrong with your party right now. Some are, not many, but some. Jorge, always good to hear from you, my friend, and I appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. You guys have a great day. Thank you. You too. So the number to call, by the way, for those of you out there, and it seems like the people that, uh, I've had a few people call in that disagree with me, but the people out there that say I'm a liar or that I'm disgusting, I'm a liberal, those are the people that are that, that won't have a debate because they're not capable of it. You know, I, I did a... Um, it's funny, I did a TikTok live as I try to do every night for a little while because I try to preview some of the topics I'm going to talk about the next the next day. I kind of test them out. And I had a few magas call, uh, not call me, but they, they joined the live feed. I was on TikTok yesterday and um, they start calling me a liberal. And then I actually gave them some of my views like on the death penalty and on the border crisis and my voting record. So I prove them wrong and they're like, oh, okay, let's talk about something else, you know? And then all of a sudden they, they'll start, when they lose a debate, they'll start attacking Joe Biden. If they're not attacking me, they'll attack Joe Biden and they'll say, Joe Biden's the worst F, they always swear, worst effing president of all time. So I try to calm them down and I say, okay, let's go with that. 
Give me some of the policies that the Biden administration has put in place, or even Democrats, that you disagree with, that you think have hurt the country the last two years, and then click. They either will leave the live feed or hang up the phone on this show because they're not smart enough to have a debate. And it's frustrating because I want to have a conversation with them. I want to pick their brain. I want to find out why they're a Republican today. I want to find out why they're a Trump supporter today. I want to find out why they hate Democrats so much and why they hate the Biden administration so much, but they don't really give me any reasons. Now, some of my Republican friends, and yes, I do have even some MAGA supporters that are friends of mine. We usually don't talk politics, but some of the Republican friends of mine that I really get along with are Reagan Republicans, right? If you asked me decades ago, wasn't really into politics 20 years ago, but if you asked me that in my early 20s, hypothetically, what do Republicans stand for? I probably could have given you a decent answer. I have no idea what Republicans stand for today. No idea. They certainly uh, don't side with, for the most part, a woman's right to choose. They have no health care plan to replace Obamacare. And when you ask them about gun control, their answer is more guns, not less guns, which is, by the way, completely idiotic. If you, if you talk to a Republican today that is a far righty and they want to complain about the Biden administration, here's what you do. Ask them what policies you dis- they disagree with. Nothing. And if they want to complain about gas prices, ask them who sets the gas prices, because they probably don't know. If they want to complain about how much your eggs are, ask them why they think the eggs are higher. And if they say, well, it's Joe Biden's fault, so Joe Biden, ask them what the president did to raise the, uh, the price of eggs. I guarantee you that nine out of 10 of them will not even be able to name one policy that the Biden administration has put in place that they claim caused inflation. And if they do, they'll probably be wrong. And what I try to do with people is I try to get people that don't understand, and it's very difficult, I try to get them to understand the war in Ukraine, which, by the way, it seems like many Republicans want Russia to win, but that's another story for another show, that had a huge impact on inflation across the country and gas prices. So if they want to tell you it's Biden's fault, explain to them and give them facts, because many MAGAs can't spell the word fact. Explain to them, number one, that gas prices and inflation, for the most part, has happened in most of the world. Is that Joe Biden's fault, too? So when you get them on that, then... Explain to them how our economy works and how inflation goes up and down in this country nonstop and that COVID had a huge impact on inflation in the economy, a huge impact. And if they don't believe you and if they if the conversation goes south, which I would imagine with some of these magas, it probably will. And if they haven't swore at you or put any slurs in there, like somebody who called in yesterday who called me a uh, homophobic slur when he claimed that there was an insurrection in the White House in 2021. Uh, And then he said, I couldn't get my facts right, if you recall. I put that video on TikTok, by the way. If it gets to that point, then just end the conversation. But if it doesn't, then ask them another question. Because if they claim that they would still vote for Donald Trump, ask them, is Donald Trump the kind of person that you want your kids to grow up to be? 
Is Donald Trump, what, what will it say on Donald Trump's headstone? Will it say good father, loving father? No. Will it say uh, loving husband? No. What would it say about Donald Trump on his headstone when it's all said and done? Because that's what life is all about, isn't it? What do your friends think about you? What does your family think about you? The people that know you best. And I've spoken to a lot of people that know Donald Trump really well. And most of them all tell me the same thing. Snake oil salesman. Only cares about himself. Narcissist. Cheater. Liar. Are just some of the words that I hear from people and even those in Donald Trump's own family that have wrote books about him. In the most difficult and trying moments in your life, I think that's how you are defined. And in one of the most difficult moments in Donald Trump's presidency, and I think one can admit or agree that he incited what took place on January 6th, but in the seconds, the minutes, and the hours, for over four hours, when over 140 officers were injured and people died that day, for four hours, Donald Trump did nothing, according to members of his own staff that were in the room, sat on his butt and watched TV and did nothing. He didn't make any phone calls to help. He didn't call in the National Guard. He did nothing. And then when he was begged over and over and over again to put out a video and call out the violence, it took over four hours for him to do so. And then that video, he said he loved those people. Because in your most trying moments as a politician or just in life in general, I believe that should define you. How do you rise to the occasion? What do you do? And by the way, it was Donald Trump who said, if you plead the fifth, it must mean you're guilty. He said that multiple times in his life. Donald Trump pleaded the fifth over 500 times. Over 500 times. So what does that mean about Donald Trump? What I say about him time and time again, horrible human being, despicable, only cares about himself. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's not the kind of person that I want leading this country. With that being said, I don't want Joe Biden running for office in 2024 either. I'm a pretty pragmatic guy, pretty honest. I think Joe Biden's too old. Do I think Joe Biden is a despicable human being? No, I don't. There are some Democrats that I do feel that way about. Joe Biden's not one of them. He's not a horrible guy. He's old. But a lot has been accomplished in his administration, and I can give you actual policies that I've talked about on this show that have worked. Bipartisan policies, starting with the infrastructure bill. Giving health care to our veterans that are having trouble breathing, to name a few. Lowering the cost of, of, of drugs like insulin. Pushing the vaccines. A lot has been accomplished in his administration. Uh, fair, fair to criticize him as well for things that you dislike. But fact be told, even though I don't want Joe Biden to run again, I don't want Kamala Harris to run. I think there are better Democrats out there that could be the leader of the free world. Um, you know, I would still vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. So it's interesting. You know, I get this every day. 
You know, a lot of people on social media that call me a liar or say I'm wrong, but that's all, that's all they say. Brian, you're wrong. You're a liberal. You're ignorant. Okay. Then I challenge you. Because if you're smarter than me and I'm ignorant, then you should be able to call into this radio show and have a debate with me and probably win the debate, right? If I'm so wrong and ignorant, then prove it. Because we're going to take another break and I'm going to give you another opportunity to call in, even though we had a lot of calls last segment of people that agreed with me. (laughs) I don't know if I like that, by the way. I'd rather people disagree. By the way, the opposite of right-wing conservative echo chamber radio. They never interview anybody that disagrees with them. When was the last time Sean Hannity had a big liberal on his show? When was the last time Tucker Carlson had a big liberal Democrat on his show? When was the last time Mark Levin did his radio show or Clay Travis and they had Democrats on their show? Like never. Like never. I'm the opposite. I love interviewing people that I disagree with. I do it on this show all the time. And now I'm giving you an opportunity for those of you that say that I am willfully ignorant and that I'm a liar or a liberal or whatever else you've said about me. Now's your chance to show that I'm ignorant and you're the smart one in the room. I'm going to give out the number right now and I'm going to give you the opportunity to call in. And if you don't call in, I'm only going to make one assumption about you that you're the willfully ignorant one and you're a coward. Here's the number. I asked for my MAGA friends out there to write it down with your small Trump fingers. Here it goes. You ready? 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, here it goes. 702-221-7283. 702-221-SAVE. If you want to be a part of this conversation and you think that I am, quote, willfully ignorant and lying, then prove it to me on the air. And let's have it out. Let's have a debate. Uh, We're going to take a break. And when we come back also, I'll take some of your phone calls. Again, that number 702-221-7283. And I will also be talking about Mr. Fetterman. Mr. Fetterman out of Pennsylvania. And I'm going to give you exact reasons and quotes from even the Washington County Republican Party in Pennsylvania as to why they are just more despicable human beings out there that are going after this man for checking into a facility for depression. We'll talk about that. We'll take your calls on the other side again, 702-221-7283. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. I've had some people on social media saying, hey, I love this show. Uh, what's the schedule? Well, Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. is uh, we broadcast live everywhere, YouTube. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook fan page, and of course on the uh, radio dial as well, KSHP. Uh, I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 1B. No appointment needed. They take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, $95 copay. How awesome is that? I was in and out of there, by the way, in 20 minutes. The place is so great. Here's their number, 702-248-0554. That's 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at SaharaWestUrgentCare.com. I promise you they will take care of you. They took care of me. Tell them I sent you. Uh, great atmosphere over there. Great people, and they will take care of you if you need help. All right, so... Danny Negreanu, real kid poker, one of the best poker players in the world. He's going to be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour. I got a lot to talk to with him. Uh, talk some poker with him. We're going to talk some hockey, some VGK hockey, and we get into some political conversations as well. So that's going to be very interesting. And as I mentioned, the number to call 702-221-7283. 
So John Fetterman, we know he had a stroke months back. He still beat Dr. Oz, who I thought was a terrible candidate, terrible candidate. And John Fetterman suffering from a pretty severe case of depression from what we understood. He and his family checked him into a facility to get him help. And there are a lot of people across the country, across the world that suffer from depression, right? Very serious. And I think it's great that Fetterman, you know, got the help and is getting the help. And we're told that he's doing much better getting the help that he needs. And he's checked himself into this facility and they're, they're doing a good job. From what I understand, his family's saying he's doing much better. But it's interesting, isn't it? You know, Republicans attacking John Fetterman for suffering from depression. They attack President Biden for having a stutter. You remember, right? The mumbling and bubbling of Joe Biden. The guy's had a stutter since she was a young child. They've attacked the First Lady despite her recent cancer scares. Do you remember the Paul Pelosi attack? where somebody smashed his skull in and the right-wingers out there like the Ted Cruz's of the world and those on the despicable far right said that it was some sort of, uh, the conspiracy theories were endless, like it was a gay relationship and Paul Pelosi let him in. A lot of people lied on the air about this. And then when police actually released the body camera footage and we learned all these conspiracy theories were lies. Did you hear any of these Republicans retract? Did Ted Cruz retract his statements on social media? Did Jesse Waters retract his statements? Any of the right-wing buffoons out there on social media that lied about this attack, did they retract any of their statements? Of course not, because they're despicable. And these people claim to be the party of Jesus. What do you think Jesus would say about that? Here's a man, regardless of whether you agree with he or his wife's political views, who was attacked with a hammer and almost died. Were Republicans and all these people on the right wishing thoughts and prayers for his family? Some were. A lot of people on social media were not, and they were making jokes about it. Because these people are sick, and they don't have empathy. You think Donald Trump would go on his stupid truth social and say thoughts and prayers for Paul Pelosi? Of course not. You think Marjorie Taylor Greene would do that? Of course not, because these people are despicable. You know, I remember when Steve Scalise, you know, I I, I give this as a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Steve Scalise almost died, right? Now, I think his politics are despicable. But did you hear Democrats making jokes about the Steve Scalise shooting? Were there Democrats that were saying one of his gay lovers shot him and almost killed him? Of course not. Last I remember, Democrats across the board were thoughts and prayers for Steve Scalise and his family. And so glad that he recovered. That is the fundamental difference between powerful people that are in office in general that are Republican and those that are Democrat. That is the fundamental difference. When a crisis happens and people are harmed and lives are in jeopardy, you will hear, for the most part, Democrats and those on the left show compassion. When a former House Speaker's husband is almost killed and bludgeoned with a hammer, you'll see a lot of people on the right making jokes. 
putting out conspiracy theories, not just regular everyday Republicans. Yes, they're doing that as well. But actual people that are elected in office, elected officials, elected officials making jokes about the Paul Pelosi attack. And even worse, when they're proven wrong and the body camera footage comes out, you won't hear Jesse Waters apologize or retract anything that he said on Fox News or Ted Cruz or people like that. I want to give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about, but that was one of the uh, examples that I bring up when it comes to having empathy for people and showing compassion for people on the left and on the right today. I told you about John Fetterman, who's suffering from depression, and we all know he's in a facility. His family has made some statements. They said he's doing a little bit better. We know that, right? Well, I want to read to you the Washington County Republican Party out of Pennsylvania, the chair of the party in Pennsylvania. I'm going to read for you verbatim a letter that was written by this man who I guess is the party chair. Of course, he's a Republican for the Washington County Republican Party in Pennsylvania. Its title reads, Action Regarding the Absent Senator. Quote, Because of the now confirmed lies that were told during the 2020 general election regarding the health of Senator John Fetterman, as well as the threats made against a journalist who interviewed him, the Washington County Republican Party refuses to take assurances from the office of the senator or Democrat operatives that Fetterman is able to carry out his duties as senator. Okay, I'm going to continue reading, but I just want to start right there. What is this guy talking about? They didn't lie. They said he had a stroke. So I don't know what this guy is talking about when he says the lies. And by the way, this is the same guy who probably has no problems with journalists and reporters uh, that are threatened on the left. It's only, it's only those on the right. Can't call out both sides, right? He goes on to say, this, this idiot, as such, we call upon Senator Fetterman to appear on camera to show us he is alive and well. Let me repeat that sentence again so I can explain to all of you how ridiculous this statement is. Here's a guy in John Fetterman who had a stroke. Might have been suicidal, I don't know, but his depression was so serious that he voluntarily checked himself into a facility. He's still in that facility. And while all this is going on, some Republican Party chair in Pennsylvania is saying he's demanding, not asking, he's demanding uh, Fetterman be on camera to show us he is alive and well. Think about that for a moment. How dumb and how, how stupid and a lack of empathy this idiot is that is writing this letter. goes on to say, if he's unable to do so, we call upon our elected representatives in Washington, Senator Casey and Congressman Retchen Chowler, to intervene immediately. So he's saying that if Fetterman doesn't immediately appear in front of a camera and prove that he is alive, he should be outed and demand somebody else in there. He goes on to say, Ultimately, if Fetterman is unable or unwilling to carry out his duties as a United States senator, then we ask for his resignation and call for a special election to be held this year. No more lies or games. So, all of a sudden, this idiot out of the Washington County Republican Party in Pennsylvania, those last few words resonate, and I want to read that. No more lies or games. 
Is this the same guy that ever wrote an article about fake electorates and the faked electorate schemes that were going on throughout the country that the FBI has investigated and all these prominent Republicans plead the fifth and refuse to answer questions? This guy won't write a letter about that, about those games. No, 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 no. Or the lies about COVID that millions of people have died from the vaccines or that Donald Trump won the 2020 election? Will this guy ever write a letter about that? No. He's not worried about that because it could hurt his party. What he's worried about is John Fetterman. And he's worried about John Fetterman who's suffering from depression and the conspiracy theories that continue from the right about John Fetterman. And he wants John Fetterman to appear in front of a camera to prove that he is still alive. Folks, this is where the Republican Party is at right now. If, a, if somebody in office, in this case a senator, has a stroke and then thereafter is suffering from depression, it's not wishing him well. I thought he, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Thank you for the courage of suffering from depression and making it public to help millions of other people in this country that are suffering from depression. The message isn't anywhere near that. The message is Democrat lies, lying about his health, which by the way, they're not. Get in front of a camera and prove you're still alive. You see where I'm going with this? Would Democrats do that? If a member of office, congressman, senator, president, you name it. If a member of that office, as a Republican, checked themselves into a facility for depression, do you think those Democrats in office would demand he get in front of a camera and prove that he is still alive? Would you hear that from the left? You hear it from the right. And if you don't believe me, if you go on social media, you will see all the attacks put forth by Republicans when it comes to this guy Fetterman, who obviously is having issues that he is attending to for depression. Now, there are some Republicans that have empathy. There are some Republicans that did not spew conspiracy theories when it came to Paul Pelosi. There are some Republicans that have wished Fetterman well and have not spread conspiracy theories and have commended him. There are some decent, reasonable Republicans out there. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that every Republican is just a horrible, horrific human being. But these days, it seems like a lot of that stuff is coming from the right. A lot of it is coming from the right. So... If you agree, if you disagree with me, then you can call in. I mean, I'll, I'll give out the number. I know we have people calling in right now. 702-221-7283. So we'll take those calls right now. Again, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Why don't we get right to, uh, those phone calls right now? Uh, if you disagree with me and you think that Republicans are, you know, should be going after Mr. Fetterman. Then we will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a debate with you right now on the air and we can duke it out. 702-221. Uh, 7283 is the number to call if you want to be a part of the program. All right. Why don't we, uh, start off with, uh, Cyrus? Cyrus is first up on pushing the limits. Cyrus, thank you for calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Great to hear you. Thanks, Cyrus. Thanks for calling and, in. Uh, uh, floor's yours. 
I, I always like to hear truth from, you know, all sides and everything. But here's my concern with, you know, like you talk about election fraud and how, you know, they're spewing this and that. I mean, first of all, I mean, you do aware that the Democrats have talked about election fraud uh, several years ago. I mean, OK, so let's go with that. Yes, I am aware. Uh, did the Democrats incite an insurrection? No, no. Okay. Uh, to your knowledge, have Democrats fought uh, profusely in courts um, election fraud about maybe a presidency that, that, that Donald Trump didn't win the 2016 election? Did they fight it in the courts? And are, they, and, and are they still, is there anybody that's still not willing to admit that they lost an election to a Republican? No, no. But, okay, but so I'm that's my about point. The 2016 Bernie primary where many argue that the 2016 primary was stolen against Bernie Sanders. A lot of Democrats, you know, just like the 2000 Al Gore election, and this is one of the reasons why they're still... But the, two th- but the, the Al Gore election came down to about 100 votes in Florida. I think that is a fine line between contesting an election, rightfully so, down to a couple hundred votes in a presidency, and millions okay. and millions and millions of more votes... Uh, uh, put forth by Joe Biden. I, I think you understand where I'm going with this, Cyrus. I don't think that's yeah. a very fair analogy to make. Last I checked, Democrats haven't incited an insurrection to try to overthrow our government. You see what I'm saying. Right. right? I'm, I just want to make sure that anybody who disputes election fraud is not automatically a right winger. I just want to make sure you aware about that. I am aware of that, but the reason why I'm not Some talking... Not. I, I am aware, Cyrus, but uh, the, uh, Hillary Clinton conceded the following day. Okay, Donald Trump okay. to this day has still not conceded that he lost the 2020 election, and he's going to take that to his grave. I, I, I see that, but then here's the real kick of it. Okay. Why is it that when people have these kinds of viewpoints, social media censors them? I know someone who was laughing about Joe Biden getting 81 million votes. He didn't even say the election was stolen. He was just laughing in a live video stream. YouTube took down the video. I mean, if this was... If these were such false statements, I mean, isn't it better for people to bring their opposing viewpoints to bump them? No, here's why. Here's why. Here's an example. January 6th. When you you put up, as you would call them opposing viewpoints, I call them lies. When you put up ridiculous conspiracy theories, people can get hurt and people can die. January 6th is a perfect example of that. Sir, you're entitled to your opinions, right? We're Americans, right? We are entitled to our own opinions, but we're not entitled to our own facts. But, but other issues like vaccines, race, many other issues, people get censored. And it's also even the left have even said that they've been censored, too. Well, if people, I, it's a case-by-case basis. That's, that's my issue with this, Cyrus. Every situation is different. Are there situations where maybe people should not have been censored? Sure. I've been censored a yeah. couple times where I thought it was absurd. But it's a case-by-case basis. But I'll leave you with this, Cyrus, right? If you say something that can harm people, if it's medical misinformation or if it can incite people to, to commit violent acts, then they should be censored. That's my personal opinion. But here's the deal. It comes down to a private business. It's not, you know, freedom of speech. If you're talking about social media, it's private business and they should be able to do what they want. No. Well, the thing I think the problem is, is when they get censored for like laughing about 81 million votes, I think. That actually backfires. I mean, all this censoring yeah. makes people believe that it's really, really true. Maybe why they're hiding it. 
And frankly, you know, the, the fact that they were censoring about racial issues when you had all these white advocacy groups that are now exploding in Twitter, uh, that is actually encouraging more and more people to be part of the white advocacy groups. And, and this makes me think, well, you know, since the demographics are changing, maybe we should be concerned about it. Well, here's what I'm concerned about. Medical misinformation, election misinformation, and people that are not smart enough to understand what is fact and what is false. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. People like Alex Jones are very bad for this country. Um, you should be allowed to express your opinions. Well, he does have red flags. I mean, I know for sure as a financial guy, he's been promoting gold about 10, 15 years ago. And it hasn't gone anywhere. We haven't had a dollar collapse. So well, I'll, how about I'll, saying I'll that a school, that. I mean, would you say a red flag is saying that a school shooting didn't happen? I mean, I would call that kind of a red flag. Um, okay. Well, the, the, the thing is, though, is that, you know, I, I would have appreciated if, 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 I, if somebody has these opinions, others can, you know, respond them, debunk them, because many times, you know, like, I have opinions, I get blocked by people. They don't Wait, hold on. Me. You think Alex Jones should be allowed to go on the air and say that a school shooting didn't happen when a bunch of eight and nine-year-olds were, were killed? And you think that should be allowed and people should be allowed to say things like that so long as other people say that you're wrong? An investigation should be brought on, and if there's investigation, he should be sued for it. Well, he was, and he lost. Yeah, Okay. he was. That's, that's my point. Okay, so, but, but, but I have to look at the matter. I have to do a clear investigation. I don't know exactly what happened. So, okay. I mean, I guess I see where you're going with that. But uh, anyway, Cyrus, I got to get to uh, break, but I, I appreciate you calling in. You're entitled to your own opinions. We all are, but not our own facts. I always try to say that, my man, and I appreciate you calling in so, as always. I use government data facts, but thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Cyrus, for your call. I appreciate you. All right, appreciate man, it. I went, went a little late with that call. There, my apologies. I know we have other people on the line, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to you because uh, we have a very special guest coming up next. Uh, he is one of the... Uh, most recognizable and one of the best poker players on the planet. And I know uh, we're going to get into it with him because, uh, well, he and Phil Helmuth, the poker brat, have uh, gotten into a little riff late lately, especially on social media. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little VGK hockey, and we will take a break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges 
his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Always love talking a little bit of poker, talking a little bit of hockey. And I said to myself, "What if I'm doing a segment, what better person to do that with than uh, one, of the mo- one of the best and most recognizable poker players in the history of the game? And uh, it's been a little while since we had real kid poker, Danny Negreanu, joining us. Daniel, always a pleasure, my friend. How you doing, brother? Uh-oh. Do we have his audio up there? Daniel, can you, uh-oh. Daniel, can you hear me okay? Hang in there, Daniel. We're having some audio issues, so we'll, we'll get you up there. Can you hear me okay now, Daniel? I hear you great. There we go. Now we got you. Thanks for joining okay. us, Daniel. I apologize. Sorry about that. Live radio. Um, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Just, uh, I, mean, I hear feedback on myself. Uh-oh. Feed. We're hearing some feedback. Maybe we can maybe we can fix that. Sorry about that, Daniel. We'll we'll try to uh, take care of that. I hear you loud and clear. You sound just fine. Um, but uh, so we'll try to we'll try to work on that. I guess my first question to you is this: It's kind of a I wouldn't really call it a poker controversy, but Phil Helmuth, you know, buying in short to all these high cash games, and you guys have been going on this little Twitter ba- banter back and forth, and he's buying in for like what twenty big blinds in some cases, and. Why is Phil Hobbit doing this, and why do you think it's caused a little bit of an uproar in the poker community? Okay, so for those that don't, can you hear me okay? Yes, I got you. Okay, great. Um, so for those that don't really understand how cash games work, generally, especially the TV ones, it's a lot about gambling, right? People having fun, playing a lot of hands, straddling, you know, playing a little goofy. Well, if somebody buys in for a short stack, they have just basically, it's almost like an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. Like I could teach you, Brian, to sit down with 10, 20 big blinds in that game, right. wait for a good hand, go all in, and you're going to just make money doing that, right? So you, you'll win a lot, but it kills the game. It hurts the game because what it does, it forces everybody to say, well, listen, now I can't play these hands because, you know, Brian's going to move all in every time. Right. So it forces the game to be a little more, a little less fun. So Phil took a lot of backlash for playing very, very short stacks, and he decided that from every stream now, he was going to buy in for at least $300,000. He did that twice, and all told, I think he lost about $300,000 and said, I'm not doing that anymore. So now I'm, I'm, he's going to be playing on a stream today, I believe, and I, I imagine he's going back to playing whatever stack he feels more comfortable with. 
I mean, he's he's bragging, you know, about how oh, I won 20 sessions in a row or I won 22 sessions in a row. But the real question is, well, how much money are you actually winning? Right. It's not that impressive when you're playing a big game and you're up maybe a couple thousand dollars. Right. I mean, but he's making that claim and, and he's talking about, well, this is why I'm doing it this way. What, what, what are your thoughts on his excuses of why he's buying in so short to all these high cash games? Well, frankly, he the truth is his bread and butter has always been playing a shorter stack tournaments right mm-hmm. tournaments you play 30 40 big blinds whereas in cash games people sometimes sit with 300 400 500 big blinds deep and he doesn't have a ton of experience doing that because even when he plays cash he chooses to buy in a little bit shorter so i think it just makes him uncomfortable right and it's not it's not something that his tricks don't work as well when people are very deep like one of the things that he does very well in tournaments is he leverages his stack and he forces you to make a decision for all your chips right you can't do that when people are 500 big blinds deep you actually have to play streets and that's, right. you know, that, that creates a lot of tough spots. And I mm-hmm. think he just, he even said it in a video. He's like, he didn't want to deal with the pain. It's too painful to lose that much. <laughs> right. in one losing day. 140 grand of his own money the other day. I saw that video. Isn't that part of poker? Losing your own money. All right. So I want to play you a little bit of audio when you, you and Phil got into it. I think this was a few months ago, at least when it aired. I believe it was poker. It might have been poker after dark, but it was an argument you guys, not really an argument, but a debate you guys got into where Phil Helmuth is basically claiming that he's the best hold'em poker player of all time. And then you bring up Phil Ivey. I want to play this for you, and then we'll talk about it. Here it is. Me to tell you I think you're better than Phil Ivey at something? What? What What do I think you're better than, than Phil Ivey at? Like, name it. I don't know. What, what am I supposed to give you here? I'm not better. Bingo. Promoting yourself. I'm not better there. at Texas hold'em than Phil Ivey? No, you're not better at Texas hold'em than Phil Ivey. You want to bet on what, what he would say? Well, I, already, he would, he already, I already know what Phil would say. He's like, oh, no, Phil almost the best because he doesn't care. Like you do, right? right? He doesn't care. He's not, well, he's not going to say something like to, you know, boost his ego or whatever. He doesn't give a <laughs> people think really in that regard. <laughs> so his opinion doesn't matter. Well, his opinion. <laughs> anyway, it goes on and on a little bit. And then you say Phil doesn't care. Uh, and he's, he's going to say you're, you're better because he's an act. He just wants the action. He doesn't care about the ego side of it. Uh, you care to address that even further. I just thought that was a very funny interaction and very true. Yeah. Well, see, Phil Ivey's very humble. Like most people have considered him to be the best poker player in the world, I'm myself included. But you never hear him say that, ever. In fact, he plays down his game. Like if you go golf with Phil, he's not going to tout how great he is. He's going to be on the hustle. So if so, using Phil Ivey to say, well, Phil Ivey says I'm the best, you ha- do you really buy that? Like because do you really think, Phil, Helmuth, that like if Phil Ivey said, uh, let's play heads up, or if you said to him, let's play heads up, Phil Ivey would say, no, 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 I, I, I can't play. You're too tough, right? Phil Ivey played against the best players in the world for many years online, and he crushed them, and he still continues to compete at the highest levels in these Triton series across the, the sea and everything. And so I just, like, I don't know. Phil has a, Phil, he, like, he's never satisfied with me saying, Phil, what's wrong with saying you have the greatest World Series of Poker record of anyone ever, right? Is that not enough? No. He wants more. He wants you to say he's the greatest everything. And I'm like, yeah. I can't lie for you. It's not, you know, it's just my opinion. It's not about you personally. Right. It's just... I don't, I don't see it. The argument, and I agree with you, the argument I hear from a lot of people in the poker community is, well, wait a second, you won most of your bra- bracelets in tournaments that had under a thousand people. Uh, do you, cause do you agree with that argument at all? I don't care about the number of players because here's the thing. When you play in high buy-in tournaments, the numbers are going to be smaller, obviously, right? But that means that the competition is way tougher, right? If you're playing in a field with 60 players, I promise you those 55, 60 guys, they're going to be tough as nails. So if you win that, that's an accomplishment. Obviously, it's different than winning these huge 
two, 3,000 player fields at the World Series of Poker, which is tough as well in a different way. But I don't really care. So I don't, I don't make the argument. Listen, he's got the most bracelets. He's been playing the game, you know, longer than, than most of us that are still playing. And, um, he was way ahead of his time, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. And, uh, you know, and, but now there's a lot of bracelets available. So, you know, the potential, if Phil Ivey decided to play all the bracelet events, he'd have 20 by now. What would you say to people out there that might say to you, well, wait a second, a lot of these poker players you see on TV, some of them have huge bankrolls. They've maybe made money with other avenues and it gives them the opportunity to play in these high roller events. What about a guy that's playing 10, 20, no limit for a living or five, 10, no limit for a living uh, that claim that they can play poker against anybody? What would you say to people that would make that argument that you're not one of the best players in the world? There are a lot of guys you've never heard of before that are just as good as you are. What would you say to that? Well, I don't really buy it at all. Okay. So here's the thing, right? It's imagine like a minor league hitter who's like, I'm the best baseball player in the world, right? I hit fastballs out of the park all day long. They're like, okay, but have you faced the best pitchers in the world? Have you hit them out of the park? And if not, then you don't really know, right? It's possible you could compete, but there's no way to make the stake the claim unless you actually sit down with the best players and you dominate them and you show them, look at me, I'm the best. So, and then here's the thing, like what kind of What kind of person is the one that says, you know what? I could make millions of dollars playing high stakes poker, but I'd rather sit here and play 1020 and make a hundred thousand a year. Who is this person? I don't think this person exists personally. (laughs) Well, you started, uh, many, many years ago. You, you never started buying in for a hundred grand or 200 grand into these cash games, right? You started on the lower limits and you worked your way up, right? I mean, that's how you built your career. Right. But see, that's the difference. Like you're talking about somebody who's at 1020 now. Possibly in the future, if they continue right. to build a bankroll and get to the higher stakes, they have that potential. No question. I always shot tip. I always took shots with part of my bankroll. I'd play a higher stake than I probably should be able to afford. Right. And that's that's one of the ways to, to move up. But for someone that's still in those limits, it's, it's again, it's one of the it's the same analogy of like, all right, you're a great minor league hitter and you're maybe the best right. in, the, in the whole league. But like, we don't know what you got yeah. until you face guys who, you know. Are play at a highest level. Right. A couple more quick poker questions for you, because, you know, I know you never get a chance to talk about poker. So <laughs> a couple more quick questions for you. Then I want to get to some VGK hockey with you. Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu joining us. You know, Daniel, you know, a few months back, you know, you weren't having the best year. Cards weren't running well for you. But yet, you, you know, you win this enormous poker tournament. Things change in an instant within a week. So what advice would you give people out there? Maybe how to handle a real huge bad beat, uh, maybe a cash game, or maybe they're just running bad for six months or eight months like you were. As one of the best poker players in the world, what advice would you give to even an amateur novice poker player on how to deal with bad runs, bad streaks, or a real you know bad beat? How do you deal with that? Well, I'd correct you and say it was more like two years <laughs> where I went through the worst two years I've ever had. And it all came down to losing in spots where, that were out of my control. You put all your money in, the other player puts all their money in, you have the best hand, and you lose. There's like nothing you can do about that, right? So the first most important aspect of what you should do when you're on a bad run is be truly introspective and ask yourself, is it bad luck or is it me? Are there things that I'm not doing well that I can improve upon? Am I getting my money in bad? No. Am I, you know, bluffing it off? No. Am I getting excessively short stacked and not building a stack? No. Am I picking up spots I need to? Yes. So now you you basically, it's a great opportunity to be introspective. When things go badly, that's typically where the real growth happens. Because now you're going to like fine tune things. If you're just doing fine and winning, you're less likely to look deep into how you can improve because what you're doing is working. 
So look at it as an opportunity, but ultimately it's going to require a resilience that not everybody has because you have to get up every day and start again and, 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 you know, keep at it. I'm sure you get this a lot, Daniel. A lot of younger people, millennials, people that are in their early 20s that come up to you and they'll say, I'm going to be a, I want to be a professional poker player. I want to play cards for a living. I'm sure you get that all the time. What is your response to that with a lot of these younger people that maybe don't know how difficult it truly the grind that it is? What do you say to them? Well, I, first and foremost, when anyone comes to me and says, I'd rather play poker than have a job, I'm like, hold the phone. This is a job. And you're going to have to work really hard. Right. Not only will you have to work hard and play a lot of hours, you know, eight, eight hours a day, you're also going to have to study to improve upon your game. And here's the rub, right? You work at a job. Typically, you get a paycheck every week, two weeks, every month, and it looks about the same. With poker, you can do everything right for a month and your paycheck says minus $30,000. Right. So living that sort of lifestyle, first, you have to ask yourself if you're cut out for that, you know, and if you're, you know, if you're willing to you know, take those kind of risks. But the truth is anything you do, whether it's open a business, a restaurant, it's a risk. You're taking a gamble that people are going to show up and buy your product or whatever the case may be. Poker is a little different though, in that, you know, you can be doing everything right. And, uh, sometimes the cards don't fall your way. So, um, I say typically whatever you're doing, if you have a job, start to use poker to supplement, right? Then start to add a little bit more poker. And if you notice after about a year, you're, you're able to sustain yourself, then maybe make the switch, but I wouldn't just jump cold turkey. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. All right, let's switch topics now. Uh, I got to say this about Daniel. If you're joining us for the first time, he's one of the most knowledgeable hockey fans I've ever talked to. I, I, and I, I say that with all honesty. Let's talk a little VGK hockey. And I'm going to read one of the tweets you put out here, uh, Daniel. You said, quote, the absolute best thing that can happen for VGK this season is to miss the playoffs. And then you make a comment about Kelly McCrimmon. We certainly agree on Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, and the last thing you say about VGK is, quote, this team is doomed. Expand on that. Tell me why you say that. Well, that was going into the break and they were on a real, you know, the real dive. They lost Mark Stone. They're out, you know, Logan Thompson. They don't, they, which was already not really an above average goaltender. Um, and the real reason I said that is because I, I took a deep dive into the schedule and they're just at the beginning of this 10 game stretch. They lost to Dallas, which is a very tough team. They lost in overtime, but they actually played quite well. They lost last night to Colorado. They didn't really get anything going. Colorado's another tough team. They've got New Jersey. They've got Colorado. We've never seen in the, in, in the cap air, we've never seen a disparity like we're seeing now with the East being so dominant. And they're just arming up. Every trade deal you hear of, of every big name is going to the New York, the Rangers. It's going to the Devils, Boston, Tampa Bay. They're loading up, which, you know, which in some sense helps Vegas a lot and Colorado because it makes the West even easier in a lot of ways. And maybe if they do make the finals, you know, you're going to face a, ba a banged up team that's got like T Tampa Bay and Toronto are going to face off again in the first round. Like that's a brutal matchup for them. So I looked at the schedule and just thought like a lot of road games, a lot of tough games. I don't think like I didn't think they I thought there's a decent chance they would make the playoffs. Obviously, they were favorite to um, and they did everything they needed to do out of the stretch, winning about, you know, six, seven games in a row. Most importantly, Bruce Cassidy getting that loser point. I think those are going to come in handy because I don't think the next, well, they've already lost two in a row now here, but I don't think the next eight games are any going to be any kinder. Um, and I don't think that, uh, I don't think they'll win the division. Although here's the West is such a bunch of, it's so bad. Yeah. Like you have like nine teams trying to make eight spots and Calgary has been terrible. You know, Minnesota's just sort of been flailing. Nashville's kind of out of it now. So and Seattle's kind of taking a step back a little bit. And you got the Kings, you got Edmonton, who's got holes. There's like 
outside of Colorado, who's peaking at the right time, and I really think they're they're the chalk in the West. Um, it's pretty bad. Like they're pretty weak teams. We've talked a lot, Daniel, about the uh, goaltender position here with VGK ad nauseum, but now we have more injuries, right? Several uh, goaltenders are hurt, uh, injured day to day. We know what happened with Logan Thompson. What do you make of the situation now where uh, at times we've seen, let's be honest, AHL goaltenders uh, getting starts? What do you make of this situation? Yeah, well, obviously now Lauren Bosson is out. And uh, I predicted before the season started that Aiden Hill would be the starter by Christmas. It happened on Valentine's Day. So I was a little bit late and I was including injuries as a possibility. Yep. And the reason for that is for Logan Thompson, his first season in the NHL, that's a lot of load to put on a kid. And, right. you know, injuries are going to happen. Um, as far as the goaltending, I think a lot of people misunderstand how good or bad the goaltending is because Bruce Cassidy's system is so goalie friendly, right? Brian Shapiro, if I put you in net there, your numbers, they won't be as good as the ones we have, but they'll be okay because they're protected. Bruce Cassidy implements a zone defense, covers the front of the net, which which causes a little bit of issues in terms of getting the puck out, but it really helps goalies. So the stats that I look at, the ones that are most important are not goals against, not save percentage, because it's a question of what types of saves are you making, right? Vegas is like leading the league in block shots. They do a really good job of that. So I look at goals above expectation, you know, and Aiden Hill's like minus five, Logan Thompson, maybe minus, they're ranked like 61 and 63 last I checked in the league in goal saved above expectation. That's a testament to Bruce Cassidy's system, not so much the goalies. And now obviously with Aiden Hill, um, you know, in the mix uh, as the starter and, and Michael Hutchinson, oh boy, that's scary. That's scary if he gets in. So I think like, I'm not, they got Barbashev at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I think the focus should be on an actual goalie like Vamelka, if they can get him, Gibson, Varlamov, but I don't know that they'll be able to do anything because they got no they got no assets. They really got nothing left. You're obviously a lot more knowledgeable when it comes to uh, hockey than I am, but when I look at the Vegas Golden Knights at this point of the season, I say to myself, playoff team, above average team, injuries are an issue, uh, they struggle to score goals at times, don't know why their record isn't as good as it should be at home, but I say to myself, they're not a, uh, a Stanley Cup contender, and I see them uh, winning a maximum, maybe of uh, of two playoff series, but probably maybe one. Am I am I wrong in that assessment? I, yeah, I mean, I I'd say they're I think it's like pretty close to a coin flip whether they win one series. You know, they added Barbashev at the deadline, gave up another prospect. Is Barbashev the answer? Is he the missing piece? I don't think that's enough. I don't think that puts them over the edge, especially when you consider some of what you know the other teams are getting. Colorado is going to have Makar back maybe this week. They're going to have Gabriel Landeskog, another you know, big part of their team back. Um, I don't think they're going to match up very well against the Dallas's of the world. And I think in the playoffs, and we've seen this year in, year out with, with Vegas, when coaches understand how to play against Vegas, they're doomed. They're just doomed. Like if you, like, if you watch the game last night in Colorado, they didn't score a goal. They didn't get many chances. They didn't have a single two on one or they didn't have any odd man rushes. If you limit Vegas's odd man rushes and you clog the neutral zone and you force them to play, you know, in the zone, They've actually, frankly, since the outset of who this team has been, they've never really been good at that. You know, but in that first season, they flew. Like, Gallant had them just going, just go, man. Just fly, just fly, just fly. In the system now with Cassidy, as much as I think it's going to be hard for teams to score on Vegas, I think Vegas is going to struggle even more to score in the playoffs. I tend to agree with you. Okay, I got to ask you this one last question here. Uh, We're going to have Phil Helmuth on the show next week, going back to poker. Uh, give me a message for Phil Helmuth because I'm going to play it during the interview next week. Uh, what is your message right now? Uh, if you had to say something to Phil Helmuth, what would it be? First and foremost, Phil Helmuth, I love you. 
I think you're a great poker player. You have the best World Series of Poker record ever. But to be honest, I don't think you're better than Phil Ivey at anything. That's just my opinion, okay? <laughs> I love it, man. You know, it's so great for poker. Uh, you and Phil, uh, just the, the table talk, it's just, it's so entertaining. It's so much fun. And they're smart putting you guys at the same table because it's always great. Daniel, I always appreciate it when you take the time to come on. I know how busy you are. And uh, wish you luck at the tables, my friend. And uh, we'll see you at a Vegas Golden Knights game. You going to the game tomorrow, by the way? Not sure. I haven't been going lately. Just yeah. Been watching them at home. Understandable. You got a lot of other things going on in your life. <laughs> hey, uh, Daniel, always a pleasure, my friend. You have a great week and, and we'll catch up with you soon. Okay. All right, man. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Love having that guy on. Love that guy. Um, God, I love Daniel Negrani. He's the best. You know, th- there's certain people in life where like, I feel like I could just sit and have a beer with them and talk about anything for hours. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, with Daniel, I actually like talking about things outside of poker. Obviously, Daniel's one of the most recognizable and one of the best poker players in the world, and he has been for decades, right? He's a brilliant guy, great poker player. But we didn't really dive into politics today, but sometimes when he comes on the show, I, I can get into different political discussions with him, and, and, and it gets pretty cool, pretty cool to talk to him about things outside of poker. What a brilliant uh, guy when it comes to you know just breaking down the NHL. I mean, he really knows his hockey really well. Of course, Danny is, is a Canadian. You know, he's, he was, he grew up with hockey. I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up with the Hartford Whalers. I grew up with hockey as well. Um, but, uh, always fun talking to Daniel Grandu. By the way, let me remind all of you because I'm going to end, uh, my TikTok feed, uh, even though we're live on the radio. Please, uh, follow me on YouTube, the PTL Vegas fan page, uh, PTL Vegas on YouTube. Subscribe there. You get to watch the show live, uh, video and audio. And I do, uh, you know, join me on TikTok as well because, uh, just about every night I go TikTok live and I kind of preview some of the things that uh, we're going to talk about. And uh, the following day, that's what I uh, that's what at least that's at least that's what I try to do. Um, you know, it's incredible. Uh, the sporting events that we have going on in Las Vegas here uh, over the course of the next several weeks. I mean, John Jones is back in the octagon. That's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. It's always fun when Jones is in the ring or I should say in the octagon. And that's going to be happening at T-Mobile Arena this weekend. We got the West Coast Conference Tournament. The Zags are going to be in town. St. Mary's, the Dons of San Francisco, uh, Santa Clara. You know, it's, um, it's a great tournament. Always enjoy watching the West Coast Conference Tournament. And then we have a plethora of college basketball tournaments coming to town. We got the Pac-12 tournament that I will be attending. We got the Mountain West Conference tournament that I will be attending. We got the WAC tournament that I'll be attending. And I'm pushing for my guy, my good friend Todd Simon, the head coach of Southern Utah. I always make a trip out there every year to, to watch a game, which I did this year. And uh, the WAC is in Las Vegas. The tournament is at the Orleans Arena, so I'm going to be watching Todd Simon. And then we got the Big West tournament in Henderson. I mean, it's just insanity, right? It's insanity. So I have to choose. It's a good problem to have, but I have to choose which games I'm going to go to, which games I'm going to cover. Of course, I'm going to watch Todd Simon when he's playing in the WAC. Uh, of course, I'm going to watch uh, UNLV, the Mountain West Conference. I'm going to be covering that. Uh, it's a great day for the Pac-12 when we have those four quarterfinal games. Pac-12, you know, watch these types of teams, uh, you know, come in here to Las Vegas. Teams like Arizona, teams like the Ducks, you know, teams coming in here and uh, duking it out. I love it. I love watching the Pac-12 tournament as well. And I believe that's 
at uh, T-Mobile Arena as well, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, there's just basketball everywhere. And let's not forget about, we. oh yeah, we do have an NHL hockey team. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights are playing tomorrow night in a big game. And we have Major League Baseball in Las Vegas this weekend and next weekend. We have four different Major League teams, and maybe the Oakland A's will be playing here permanently soon. I don't know about that. But uh, we got Big League Weekend this weekend. I'll be trying to get out to a few of those games and and, and, and the following weekend as well. Let's not forget about, uh, you know, the Lady Rebels that are a top 25 team in the country, uh, undefeated in the Mountain West Conference, which is pretty hard to do. I don't care how bad a conference is. When you win every single game in the conference, everybody has a bad night. Teams have bad nights, but for the Lady Rebels, it doesn't seem like they've had any of those. Um, so now you're, it's hard not to look ahead, but obviously you got to win the conference first. You got to win the Mountain West Conference. Although I would argue, even if they don't win the tournament, they're still in the NCAA tournament, but you got to win the conference. And then uh, let's do something that the Lady Rebels have not been, or the men have not been able to do for a long time, and that's win an NCAA tournament game. You know, so we'll have to wait and see there, but I'm excited for the Lady Rebels. And uh, these tournaments, man, are uh, right around the corner, man. We got so much sports to cover here. It's it's awesome, man. It's a good problem to have. It's a really good problem to have. We got Major League Baseball right around the corner. Man, there's so much going on here. I can't even keep track. There's so much going on in this great city that I love of Las Vegas. So as I told you all, we got about a minute here to go. So as I told you all, um, we I am looking for a permanent co-host of Pushing the Limits. And it involves a lot. It's not just hosting a show. It's everything that involves doing a radio show. We are starting tomorrow uh, with a tryout, so to speak, and we are going to have those throughout the week, starting tomorrow and even into next week. I'm not going to be making an immediate decision. I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and uh, I'm hoping that I will have a permanent co-host. I'm hoping by the end of the month, maybe the first uh, week of April. But it also involves people moving out here and getting things together. So it's going to take some time. I hope to make a decision within a few weeks. But the listeners are very important to me, even you MAGAs out there. Yes, I love you all, too. Uh, So I want your opinions. We're going to be starting tomorrow. Open tryouts. That's right, so to speak. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun. Please follow me on social media uh, and uh, YouTube. Of course, the YouTube channel, which is PTL Vegas. Social media, Twitter, Pushing Limits LV. Follow me on TikTok, which is PTL Vegas. We had at one point 10,000 people watching me on my TikTok live today. At one point, 10,000 people. So it's getting popular, man. All right. Thanks for joining us. My thanks to Mark and uh, appreciate all of you. And we will see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a great afternoon, everybody. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555.
Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. In 1974, the best choice for convenience, comfort, and value, My Place Hotels are ideal for both short-term and long-term travelers. The rooms at My Place features pillow top mattresses, microfiber bedding, and a variety of soft and firm pillows. All extended stay rooms offer their own kitchen, which includes a full-size refrigerator and a cooktop. On-site laundry facilities are also available for extended stays at pet-friendly My Place Hotels. Book your stays online at MyPlaceHotels.com, My Place Hotels, St. George, and West Jordan, Utah. Make My Place your place. KSHP listeners, never miss a moment of... KSHP and the Radio Shopping Show are getting social. We're now on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we made it easy to find all three of them at KSHP Vegas. Check out Facebook for our Friday live show at 5 p.m. Get news and announcements on... Why is there a merman in the pool? Why is there a Kevin Federline ice sculpture? Why is there a grilled cheese riding piggyback on a cheeseburger? Why? Because things get weird late at night. That's why I make the Munchie Meal. It's a box full of crazy craveables like the stacked grilled cheeseburger or chicken tater melt. Plus halfsy fries, two tacos, and a drink all for just six bucks. So get one tonight and get weird. Have you heard the big news? Vent Boutique Las Vegas has new owners. The blowout bar you have loved the past few years has reopened and is even better than before. Now it's a full-service salon specializing in blowouts. You can now get a color and a cut with your blowouts. Same great locations in downtown Summerlin and Henderson, off of Green Valley Parkway and Horizon Ridge. Check out all they have to offer at sparklesbeautybars.com. Green Spring Golf Course, open year-round, is only two hours away and 10 degrees cooler. Just north of St. George, right off of I-15, Green Spring Golf Course is located in beautiful Washington, Utah. This amazing best of southern Utah... 